Welcome to Bored Women, a podcast that explores the world of women and confidence through the lens of board sports. This is about finding time for you and reconnecting with the joy and adventure in your life. I'm the founder, Caroline Keylock, and I'll be speaking to women in their 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond who are pushing the boundaries of what their bodies can achieve. We'll also feature confidence coaches who can help us break down our fears and perimenopause experts to dig into our changing bodies and minds. It is good to have some older women showing up and skating. Our guest today, Jane Faulkner-White, is a freestyle skater who you might be more familiar with practising her tricks in the garage of her own house on Instagram. At 49, she even went on to compete in the European Freestyle Skateboard Championships. So first of all, welcome to the Board Women podcast, Jane. Hi, it's great to be here. Just for the purposes of anyone listening, Jane was somebody I found on Instagram. And I remember when I first started skateboarding, seeing this woman doing these unfeasibly complicated freestyle tricks on the ground and me just being like what is this I'm wanting to speak to you because I just thought it was amazing that you'd got into that side of freestyle skating which we can ask you to explain in a minute exactly what that is for anyone who's listening the first question before we get into your journey into skating that we ask everybody on the podcast is when did you last fall so it was last Friday I think well not so much a, a big fall more as a ending up on the ground I think thankfully I don't sort of fall and hurt myself that often but I do end up on the ground in just a sort of more of a comedy falling down kind of way on quite a regular basis. How does it feel when you fall these days? So most of the time it's just more funny than than anything else. Sometimes yeah you do sort of take a take a bigger slam and you know end up with a a good bruise but I have to say I'm one of these people that quite likes to have an impressive bruise um you know something to show off <laughs> in fact I was a bit annoyed with the uh when I was learning rock to fakey I had a, a really great fantastic bruise that I couldn't show to anyone because it was right on my bum so uh, <laughs> but I mean I don't think anyone you know likes falling over but I think the more you do it the more you know you lose a bit of the fear of it some of them you do just feel a little bit stupid but you can laugh at yourself in quite a good way can't you which I think may be quite a healthy thing actually to be able to do to ourselves and get over ourselves that we think everyone's judging and and watching in some way yeah yeah I think sometimes though if you are an adult falling over at a skate park people do get a bit more worried about it than when kids fall over like I had one uh, it was when I'd not been skating very long and it was one of my first sessions at Flow Skate Park and I really wanted to like I was just learning how to go down slopes and I wasn't like super confident about it so I just went down this like little slope but then it led to a bigger slope and I don't know why I just thought oh I'll just carry on I'll go down the bigger slope as well so I made it down the bigger slope but then I hadn't really thought that then it sort of had a a flat bit and then it went to an upward slope and I just like panicked because I thought oh I don't know what I'm gonna do I don't know how I'm gonna like go up this up slope so I just sort of panicked and fell off the board backwards and it was one of those where like the whole skate park turned around and looked at me (laughs) 
so you know just like lying on the ground going oh no <laughs> but, uh, oh, so it's, whereas if it was a kid they'd be like oh no they've just fallen off are they okay yeah that's fine <laughs> I'm just going to explain one thing that you mentioned before because you talked about rock to fakey and not everyone listening may necessarily know what that is but effectively when you have the coping on the edge of a ramp it's when your wheels have to go over the coping and then back over again to go in the other direction and I would say after dropping in it's probably the next big learn that you have where it takes a huge amount of guts to start trying it Mm. and committing to it. And once people are learning it, you talk about it quite a lot with everyone else, because for me, definitely, it's the thing I'm learning at the moment. And it feels like quite a big next step to take in skateboarding. Yeah, yeah, it is. You can drop in and then you're like, oh, what do I do now? And I think it is the one that most people learn. But I think it's just as terrifying. I absolutely think it is. And I'm right in the middle of it. So I'm feeling that a lot at the moment. So can you tell me about your journey into skateboarding? You know, when you started, why you started? Yes. So skateboarding wasn't something that had ever been on my radar in my life until about sort of, yeah, four years ago. Um just you know I didn't know anyone that skateboarded I'd never really seen anyone skateboarding didn't hang around skate parks or anything like that but it was just because I've got two boys and they got really into their scooters so we started taking them to a couple of different skate parks uh, and in particular one in Sheffield house we went to quite a lot and you know, skate parks are always like really really cold so I'd be sat there in the viewing area and it'd be freezing cold you know watching them do their scooter things and then there'd be people skateboarding as well and I just see yeah, I felt like that I wanted to join in as well I didn't want to just be watching I, I wanted to take part but I felt like actually the skateboarding looked a lot more fun and a lot more something that I wanted to do than the scootering. So I bought myself like a really cheap skateboard and just had a little go really in the in the kitchen and literally just fell off straight away, which was like a bit embarrassing. But um, I don't know, there was just something about it. So... Then I went to the skate park with the boys a couple of times. I think probably maybe two or three times I'd been. And then it was lockdown. That was quite a big influence on, you know, how I learned to skate. Because then a lot of the early days of my skateboarding, I wasn't at skate parks. And so I was very much learning of what I could find on the internet and, and doing it on my own. But there was just something about it that really, I don't know, got me really hooked. And the point that lockdown happened was just that point when you started a new hobby and you just can't like get enough of it and you want to do it every day. You just keep wanting to do it. So I think that's carried me through, you know, even though it was harder to skate. So tell me how it feels when you're on a skateboard. Like maybe close your eyes and imagine what it's like. So I think really there's sort of two aspects for me. There's the the part about the adrenaline and the excitement. And that's something I've always enjoyed doing because I, I came before I was skateboarding, I was doing like track cycling and track racing. So that's very much about sort of going fast. And so there's that side of things and challenging yourself and like overcoming fear but then for me as well the a really big piece of it is the other where I just 
put my music, you know, headphones on and listen to music. And I just sort of de-stressing and chilling out and, you know, relaxing. Maybe I'm battling a trick, but not in a, a sort of killing myself kind of way. Just about, you know, forgetting about everything else and just concentrating on the skating and, yeah, not really thinking about anything other than the skating. So, yeah, for me, there's two sides to it. So you mentioned tricks there. And for anyone listening, you're a freestyle skateboarder. So can you explain to us what freestyle skateboarding is? So you do it on the flat. So there's no ramps or any other obstacles or anything involved. It's completely flat ground. And when it's done in competitions, it's actually to music. So you have a timed routine. So people perform a sort of mixture of like, what's called footwork tricks that are sort of more flowing kind of tricks people do tricks standing on the truck of the skateboard or tricks standing on the rail of the skateboard but the idea is that it's quite sort of flowy just sort of goes with the music it's something that I uh, I saw when I was in lockdown I was mainly sort of learning off YouTube and things and I saw um, they had my Osterman on doing some freestyle skateboarding and and that was the first time I'd seen it and I just sort of saw him and how, how just how nice it looked and how flowy and it just appealed to me a lot more than maybe tried to I don't know jump downstairs or grind a rail or something it, it just appealed to me so yeah I just you know wanted to find out more and then just went down this freestyle rabbit hole. I do recommend that anyone listening should check out Jane's Instagram channel which is at skatejanefw on Instagram because the tricks she does and the routines she does are incredibly impressive and they take a lot of work concentration and guts uh, to really kind of go for them one of the things you've done is get into competition a little bit and I know that you were the only UK female competitor at the European Freestyle Skateboard Championships and you did that at 49 which is really impressive can you tell us how that happened and it would also be great to circle back I mean Mike Osterman plays a little bit of a role in your story there as well. Yes, it certainly does, yes. Yeah, freestyle is very much about competitions. And and when I first got into it, I sort of thought, I'm never going to be good enough to do competitions. You know, I I don't want the stress. I'm just going to do this for me and it'll be fun. I'll just do it on my own. I don't want to compete. But then I sort of what I didn't really appreciate is that there's so few freestylers um, around that actually competitions are just a really nice excuse for a big get together. And they're like a massive social event. And yes, everybody takes their competitions and their routines very, very seriously and does a lot of practice. But actually, you know, apart from that, it is just really about getting together with everyone else. You know, the fact that you've all got this sort of everybody's competing. So you've all got this common stress um, and something to focus on. So I'd been watching the Europeans for a couple of years and, and sort of was at the stage when I thought, oh, you know, I would like to go and meet up with everybody and actually meet people. 
but you know do I am I good enough for this do I really want to do this and then I think what actually spurred me on was that um, Monica one of the other sort of freestyle women that I know who's become a really good friend just from Instagram actually invited me and my husband to her wedding which was taking place at the same weekend and the same town and she was entering the competition and I so I thought well you know if she's entering it and it's her like wedding party weekend I am definitely going to enter it this year as well so yeah I I sort of I went for it knowing that I would probably be one of the worst competitors there in terms of like (laughs) skill level and things but I just also felt that you know it is good to have you know some older women showing up and skating and showing that it is possible for all uh, ages. In fact, yes, I could have entered three different categories in in the competition. I could have entered rookies because it was my first competition, women's, or I was also old enough to have entered the master's division as well. I think that's (laughs) over 40. (laughs) And you were the only woman, right, who entered at all? Yes, I was the only woman from the UK. There were some guys from from the UK, but yeah, no, no other women from the UK. And how did that feel? It was a, uh, it was quite, uh, you know, something to think about. I think, it, you know, it wasn't like a selection competition where you got picked for it, but I still felt nice to be representing, uh, representing my country. And you had some bad luck on the way there. So on the uh, on the way, our flights got cancelled and rerouted and we ended up instead of having two flights we ended up having three flights so my luggage with my skateboard in the luggage never made it so instead of arriving and like having a nice day to practice and chill out we got there like really late at night after having spent the whole day in the airport trying to get my bag back and failing and then I had my competition the next day and I had no skateboard. I had no clothes either. <laughs> All I, I thankfully put my pads and my skate shoes in the hand luggage, but I didn't have a board. I didn't have any change of clothes or anything. So we spent the morning of the competition day running around trying to like get clothes and toiletries uh, and then sort of rocked up to the practice session at midday, uh, still with no skateboard ended up borrowing um, a skateboard from my customer who was kind enough to to lend me his because we sort of connected over the time really on on the Instagram and yeah so I just thought that was a really nice sort of full circle that it was you know him that had got me into freestyle in the first place and and then here I was in my first big competition, um, skating on his board. I wonder in some ways whether losing your belongings maybe kind of gave you something to be distracted by in the lead up to the competition. It's almost like you're so stressed about that, that maybe you didn't have as much time to think, oh God, I'm worried about actually competing. I think I was very lucky that his board wasn't too different to the board that I normally skate on because I think, you know, with freestyle, even more than with other boards the tricks are very dependent on knowing your own board and just a tiny bit of foot placement differently can make quite a big difference so if somebody had lent me a board that was very different from the one that I normally skate on I think I would have struggled a lot more but I was really lucky that his board was quite similar to the the one that I normally use and to be honest I don't think I could have hoped for my routine to have gone a lot better than it did I, I pretty much I didn't land everything but I landed 
quite a lot of it and even one thing that I never expected to land so yeah it, it did work out okay in the end but I was just so excited to actually meet everyone though as well that was the first time I'd met most people in person I'd only ever sort of got to know them on Instagram it's strange isn't it how the community comes together in this digital space first of all and then it's almost like you know people when you actually meet them yeah I really felt like I knew people you know I mean Monica invited me to her wedding party and we'd never met in person we'd spoken but we'd you know we'd never met in person and and the, yeah, there were so many people that I'd never met, but really did feel like that I knew them from you know, just the, the communications that we'd had. There are so many women of our age getting involved in these sports. Why do you think that is? I think with skateboarding, I think definitely it, it's a sort of visibility thing and, and that, the effect like snowballs so the more you see other people doing it the more you realize that you could do it yourself um I think that makes a big difference yeah with social media and just seeing seeing what other people are capable of and then you know it does spur you on to think yes you know I I could do that as well You've obviously built up quite a community behind your Instagram channel. So I think you're at almost 5,000 followers, which is amazing. One of the things I love watching your channel is you going off to your garage space and practicing your tricks when the weather is terrible. So tell me a bit about, you know, that space for you and what it feels like having to some you know, just somewhere to go and escape to, I guess. It's really important, I think, or it's been really important to me to have somewhere that I can go to carry on skating when it's bad weather. In the summer, the car park that I go to for my freestyle, it's not the best surface, but it's fine. But in winter, they grit it. So even when it's dry weather, it's just unskatable because it's just been gritted. So, yeah, it's really important for me to have this space at home. In my early videos, it's a different garage. We had this big, massive, big wooden garage that came with the house and the roof was literally falling in. So we uh, we knocked it down and we rebuilt it. And one of the key things was that, you know, the garage had to be big enough for me to be able to skate in. We had had to have enough room. And it did have enough room, uh, but is sadly getting filled up with my husband's kayaks at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) We're having a bit of a battle for space going on. It's like, I think my son's punch bag is in there, which is all right, actually, because that's quite good for holding on to while I'm practising. But now we've got some kayaks and then we've got the bikes and now we've got some workout equipment. So I'm just battling to try and maintain enough space to, to get some a little tiny practice area for myself. I love that you've got competing interests going on in the house, both literally the space, but I imagine for time as well. How does it work in your family getting that time for yourself and how supportive are your family in that aim? So they've always been very supportive because basically being active is just really important part of who I am and they know that I am just horrible to live with if I don't get enough (laughs) exercise or activity in the week I'm just really grumpy and just not not nice to be around so I think they appreciate that I'm a a nicer family member when I am getting my uh, activity but my husband and I met through sort of a joint activity that we both did we met through scuba diving we were both doing it in our spare time so 
both of us are people who really care a lot about the the activities and the sports and the passions that we have, maybe more than careers even, I think. So, you know, we both know that it's important to have enough time. So we try and juggle things like in the past when the kids were little we were both into our cycling so sometimes we'd be tag teaming like one of us would go for a ride and then the other one would get kitted up and ready and stood there with the bike and literally just hand over so that you know somebody was covering the kids uh, it's got easier as the children have got older and, and more independent but um, it is yeah just something that I do try and prioritize because I just I need it for my sanity. I can totally relate to that. Watching you online, it's clear that your confidence has grown over time. So can you tell me a bit about that journey? Because I know it's very different in the first year to perhaps ongoing, how you feel in progressing in the sport and, you know, just how you feel in terms of your own capabilities. To be honest, it's a strange one because I never feel like I'm that confident. Um, And it's only when I sort of, that's why it's been really nice to have the Instagram because it always was just supposed to be like a bit of a a learning visual diary for myself. Um, You know, I was like amazed that it took off like it has done. But it, it really was just like a record for myself of progress and it's only when I look back at it that I realise that I have progressed because I never feel like I'm like confident or making any progress in the moment. You know, it always feels like, I don't know, two steps forward, one step back. I think for me, I've always thought that I'm quite a fearless kind of gung-ho person and, and skateboarding has really made me rethink that because um, I don't feel I'm actually that confident in skateboarding. But at the same time, I think I'm just more determined and I just want to push on through anyway. So that's most of it really, just wanting to get the trick or whatever it is that I'm working from, the new skill. For me, I have to really take baby steps and feel very much mentally in the right place to do something. I think I know people that can just go for things and and just not worry, but I, I definitely somebody who likes to just break it down into the tiniest tiniest baby steps and just keep building my confidence and building my confidence and then gradually it just happens and then you look back and you you realize that you have improved and you have you know you are more confident and you do look more relaxed so yeah I think it sort of comes without realizing. Isn't it funny because I think for people outside looking in there would probably be the assumption that you realise by now that you're a decent skater. But I think it's entirely possible to still feel like a perpetual beginner because there's always something else you're trying to conquer. And like you say, your brain still engages with fear, even though you're much further on in your journey. Yeah, and also, there's that. All, I mean, the, the lovely thing about like Instagram and social media and everything is that it connects you to people. But then there's that the bad side is that you're always comparing yourself um and so it always feels like everyone else is progressing faster and even with the people that I skate with in in real life you know there's lots of people that have been skating less time than me that are overtaking me in different things and it's really hard not to compare yourself I think to other people I think that's one thing that I've really try and focus on is that you know this is my skate journey and you know I'm 
it's not like I'm going to be entering the Olympics or doing anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's just for my own enjoyment. And so, you know, I just have to keep trying to remind myself that it is, it it doesn't matter that, that, you know, if I'm slower or it's taking me ages, I'm just doing it for myself. So, yeah, I suppose I've got a quite competitive. So there's always this little bit of me that's like, oh, no, you know, it's taking so long. But then, I don't know, I quite like the fact that it doesn't matter and I'm a bit rubbish and it's just my own journey at my own pace. Yeah, it takes the pressure off, I think, a bit. I think the enjoyment factor is crucial to all of that, isn't it? Because I think at the point where you're really getting cross at yourself for not progressing as fast as someone else is the point at which it doesn't become as fun because you're putting so much pressure on like you say whereas actually when you do embrace I'll do this it's at my own pace as long as I'm enjoying all of it isn't that the priority then it's a slight reframe that's probably quite a positive thing for us to take on. Yeah and I think it's good to actually be doing a variety of different kinds of skating because for me sometimes like the stuff I'm doing on say the mini ramp or something is going okay but maybe my freestyle is frustrating me and vice versa so yeah I I definitely not want to keep going at something when it's not working out because it just seems to like make it worse and I think that's also sometimes when I get injured as well because I just like keep going and keep so I've learned to just if it's not feeling good after a while just do something else that is fun and that I'm enjoying because yeah there's no point in being there and not enjoying it absolutely when we first spoke he used a really lovely phrase with me that he said I don't want to grow old gracefully So tell me what that means for you. And I I don't know whether perimenopause or menopause is anything that's relevant for you at the moment. But if so, has it had any influence on your experience of that? Yeah, so I am definitely in the perimenopause phase. And particularly over the last year, I've really started feeling that, you know, things are changing and yeah, just not feeling like myself. And skating started me off on a journey that you know because I was an older skater I realized that my body was just not really up to what I was asking it to do for skateboarding (laughs) you know and I was quite always quite fit and healthy but you know skateboarding does require a lot out of your body so I already sort of got on this journey where I was getting much more into strength training and mobility training and just really anything that would make me a better skater and I've actually found that that set me up quite well with the uh, you know the menopause as well because strength training is so important there um, and then over the last year as I've sort of you know realized that things are changing and you know struggling a bit with you know with things skateboarding has been really good from a mental health perspective but also again I've sort of focused on maybe making some changes to diet and things which again is sort of feeds into both the menopause side of things and the skateboarding. So yeah, I think skateboarding has been really good for actually improving my my health and fitness overall, just to try and make myself a better skater. And then that's actually, you know, helping me through with uh, with some of the sort of perimenopause symptoms as well. well. A lovely full circle effect of taking it up. It's really amazing. One of the things that I've noticed is sort of with the perimenopause is that 
my emotions are a lot more up and down and obviously skating is very much about how you feel so some days you know I can just go into a session and I just just feel off and there's no real reason for it things just don't feel right and and sometimes that I think can be quite frustrating you've carved out this little bit of free time to try and do the session and then you just don't feel quite right yeah I think it's something about you know having to learn to live with it and go through this phase and just appreciating that things go slowly I suppose appreciating that not every session is going to feel great uh, and that you know that's not always under your control there's some self-acceptance and some kindness involved isn't there I think I definitely have days where I feel higher levels of anxiety than I'm used to. It's not something I've ever experienced before perimenopause. And I also have this physical effect of my feet hurt at certain times of the month, which obviously for skateboarding is not ideal. And I know sometimes I go to sessions, particularly ones that are run by younger male coaches, and me trying to explain, you know, I'm just feeling nervous about everything today. And on top of that, my feet kind of hurt. <laughs> like I just have these like slightly blank faces back at me. <laughs> but um, you know, it's something you just have to go. Okay, like today might be that I just go and do the things that I find much easier and that don't scare the hell out of me, and just have a bit of fun. And I'll come back to the tougher stuff on my next session. But in my own personality, I found that quite difficult—that self-acceptance and letting myself off. If you can do it, it's quite freeing, isn't it? I think to just to be able to say well this is just a chilled out session or uh, but I agree with you on the uh, anxiety side yeah some days I just also feel like stressed about everything even stuff that I can do yeah yeah 100% I'm not sure many women would necessarily associate taking up skating with being kinder to yourself (laughs) I definitely have I have learned a lot (laughs) from it in that sense but it's probably an unusual route for some what would you say you know, I had a conversation with a mum at a beginner's session yesterday and she was watching her kids skateboard and wasn't doing it herself. And I had a chat with her afterwards and said, have you ever thought about taking it up? And she she said, oh, I don't know. You know, I, I don't have balance. I, I get hurt really easily. You know, many reasons that she put in front of herself. But she was quite tempted, you could see, when we had the chat. What would you say to women who might be thinking about taking up skateboarding and and might have put some of those barriers in their own way? I think, you know, if you really want to to have a go, then, you know, go for it because you won't know until you step on the board if you're going to fall in love with it or not. And yes, there's the possibility of, you know, getting injured, but actually the biggest bruise I've had from this year was from just falling down some steps in my own garden and not at all from skateboarding. So, (laughs) and and actually being able to fall off the board from skateboarding made me less worried about, you know, falling ever in other areas of my life as well. So I think, you know, if it's something you want to try, I think you should just always go for it. Life's too short not to give things a try. I loved speaking with Jane. She has a phenomenally inspiring journey. It really surprised me that she still has confidence challenges, even though she competed internationally. If you enjoyed this conversation, please like, review and share with your friends. It really helps to get the podcast noticed. We have a big vision for bored women and we want you to be part of it. So check out our upcoming events and how you can get involved at Bored Women on Instagram 
and boardwomen.co. I'll be back in a couple of weeks when I'll be talking to Nikki Woodhouse, a keen surfer and founder of Sister Motion, a production agency that connects brands to women and underrepresented groups.